in that same December, um, I was named athletic director. So I was still, I was named athletic. I, was, I think I was the, I still think I am, I was the youngest athletic director in the nation at the age of 23. Wow. And yeah, I don't recommend that for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to WCSU 411, a podcast about interesting people and achievements at Western Connecticut State University. I'm Paul Steinmetz, and today we present an interview recorded on the Midtown campus in the basement of Whitehall with Lori Mazza, the university's relatively new athletic director. We'll talk about four new sports WestCon is adding to the lineup next fall, and we'll follow up with Barbara Viegas of the Student Government Association and a calendar of upcoming events. We'll also let Barbara explain how she tried to take my podcast away from me. But first, here's Lori Mazza. Thanks for being here with us on WCSU 411. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for the invitation. And we haven't, uh, we had a couple of coaches on before, but we haven't really talked about athletics in general. And I think, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that... People who go crazy over Division One sports, like UConn women's basketball, don't understand the role that athletics plays in Division Three in a place like Westcon, where it's still very significant. Absolutely. So, you know, Division Three athletics is just like Division One, Division Two, as far as you know, players that um, want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, the only difference is we don't give out athletic scholarships. Um, that doesn't mean that a very talented player who has the capability of getting an athletic scholarship, um, you know, w- would come to a Division three school. You know, the the philosophical difference is that they are student first, and um, that doesn't take away the the great opportunity that Division one and Division two athletes have through a scholarship to get their education. Um, <clears throat> if just philosophically, um, we place academics first, athletics second. And uh, we have great teams here. We have great student athletes here that work hard both in the classroom and and, um, on the playing surface, whether it's on the field or whether it's on the court or in the pool. Um, But it is, um, philosophically, is really the only only difference between the, the three divisions. But it's also the largest division. So when you take a look at all the three divisions at the NCAA, we have over 400 schools. Division two, um, has I think slightly over um, 200, and then Division One only has about slightly over 100. So we are the largest uh, by far. Yeah, and these students in Division Three, they're playing because they want to. They aren't playing that's because right. they're getting paid for it. That's right, and they do it for the love of the game, and that's really evident when you look at the time and the effort and the weight room time and um, you know lacrosse just started so they're out there in the rain and yeah, you know it's freezing it, 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 well actually it is a balmy 50 degrees right now <laughs> so they're quite happy compared to next week when it's yeah. supposed to drop down to the 30s again right, but they put up with all they that. do they do so we have an exciting time uh, because in uh, Westcon we're going to add four new teams, right? We are, we are. Um, so we have uh, men's swimming. We have women's swimming currently. So men's swimming will be added um, in the fall of 2018. Um, we have uh, men and women's cross country, which will be new. It is. Um, we have to design a course, and we'll be. Uh, hopefully reaching out to the high school coaches to assist us with that because um, although we have a great group on campus that can actually design a course, we want to involve the community. This is a, a, an opportunity to to really kind of reach out to uh, 
uh, the Danbury area and really try to involve um, those surrounding us. Um, and then uh, men's golf is, is, I guess, making, I didn't realize this when I first proposed it, is that it's actually, uh, we had it and then went away and now it's coming back. So, um, you know, really excited about that. Hopefully I'll announce a men's golf coach shortly. Um, I know some of the uh, people have reached out to me and are really excited about uh, getting that started. So do you expect teams when they you first start them up to be uh... <laughs> Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Are you going to say to to be successful? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think just like I think it's about the guidance. I think it's about understanding the expectations. Certainly I think, you know, when you're new um, you're kind of the coach doesn't really have the opportunity to recruit their team. Um because it's, it may be a little bit of a, you know, what's here versus the last minute recruiting, because obviously starting the fall, we only have a few months left before, right. you know, that happens. So, um, but yeah, I don't think my expectations change, you know, regarding the success of a, of a program. Um, sometimes you have to kind of be patient and know that they're in a down year or they're just starting out in this case. So um, I definitely, but I definitely have an expectation of, of, and I don't apologize for that. You know, um, I think apologizing for winning sometimes is, it can be, send a mixed message. And, you know, um, when you take a look at the academic side, they don't apologize for um, getting scholarships, academic scholarships or anything. So why in athletics would we apologize for winning? And but I do think you need to do it with class, and I think you need to do it um, respectfully of your opponent. But um, I don't think I'll ever apologize for, for winning. Yeah, that's good. So we do have a lot of cross-country teams around in the high schools that are successful and have yeah. good uh, at runners. Mm-hmm. I can tell you we do have really, really good cross-country um, runners in the area. And um, uh, they also have track and field. So if there's any kind of one little hiccup that we, that we have, we don't have track and field right. currently. Um, whether we add it in the future is, is yet to be determined, but um, I think some people truly just want the long distance running, and, and so I'm trying to capitalize on, on that aspect of it in, in the region. Um, but hopefully, you know, if and when you know, track and field ever comes to fruition here, um, that would be certainly a powerhouse because that's already will have been established. And mm-hmm. um, more than likely, they would roll into just because of the nature of the, the program. Um, they would roll into obviously track and field as well at some point. But you know, given the fact that we do have uh, cross country and track and field in the region, um, it's a pretty strong area. So yeah. I would hopefully we would draw some some students from there. And then we could compete against Eastern Connecticut State, our <laughs> hated rival. Right? That is right. You know, the thing is, it's so weird because I'm really good friends with the athletic director, who ironically his name is Lori. Mm-hmm. Um, but. And they get us mixed up because are you at Eastern or are you at Western? And I'm like, no, I'm at Westcon, and and she's at Eastern. And um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it's an in-state rival. It's it's um, it's 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 a really good rival. Um, I like to think we have respect for each other. But yeah, again, I'm not apologizing for mm. for for beating them if if we have that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you go about starting a a new team or four teams? Um, well, well, um, this one, this, I've done it several times. Um, this is probably the fastest I've ever done it. Mm. Um, and you know, I mean, just like at any other institution, especially, um, within division three, it is enrollment driven on the, again, I'm, um, but I also think it's about really trying to methodically do it correctly. And, and, um, 
Typically, typically what you would want to do is you want to start a club sport first, you know, sustain the numbers and then move them to mm-hmm. to an intercollegiate um, sport. Um, that didn't happen, but I also think um, we have some interest on campus and um, along with interest between the New York and New Jersey initiative, I, I definitely think we can get our name out there pretty quickly. And um, the sports that I added um, um, outside of swimming, I would say have relatively lower numbers than, let's say, football, or mm-hmm. I don't need massive amounts of numbers to, to compete competitively. So I think that is the um, um, advantage, I guess. Um, but but swimming, because we do have a pool, we do have a women's team, and um, hopefully I, I know she's working hard now to, to recruit on, on the men's side as well. I know I've gotten a couple calls personally. Mm. Um, you know, parents have reached out, oh, you know, I see you have women swimming now. I'm like, yes. So mm-hmm. um, looking forward to that aspect of it. And although it may not be that the timetable would have been, I would like a lot longer. Um, I think it's absolutely doable. And, and my expectations are still that we're going to, we're launching in the fall. Right. And uh, like you said, we have, we're reaching out to New York and New Jersey students uh, offering them in-state tuition. So mm-hmm. you really have a larger pool than you we did do. before. We do. I, the whole department does. And, and I was talking to one of my coaches, and I would say they're almost invigorated at the fact that it's, it opens up that door um, for them, especially on Long Island mm. um, in, in some capacities. You know, when you take it football or lacrosse or, you know, some of the hotbeds that are down there, um, we will hopefully take advantage of of that aspect of it for sure. As Mm -hmm. a department, not even just as new sports. Right. So how does uh, Title IX work into this? uh... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is the million dollar question. Um, This is what I would say. Um, I am working with admissions, and I'm working with the registrar, and I'm working with you know various groups on campus. There are different prongs that you can meet, and um, we want to make sure that we certainly are compliant with Title IX because we're adding um, uh, women's cross country. We are what, what they would consider progressing towards adding women's sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say there are some additional women's sports on the docket, so there is uh, future growth, but I want to make sure that we're adding the sports that are of interest of not only our current student-athletes, but certainly um, the incoming students. And so that's where admissions comes into play. What are they mm-hmm. asking for? What are they interested in and in, in methodically approaching uh, that particular prong to, to to ensure that we are meeting the interest of our students, both incoming and current. Right. I hadn't thought about that before. And uh, so Title IX gives you some leeway. Uh, <laughs> some you don't leeway. have to be 100% uh, equal between men's and women's sports. Well, yeah. yeah. So so it's a, you know, they always talk about percentages, which I get a little antsy about. But, mm. um, you know, there there are different prongs. I mean, obviously, it, it is about the, the, the ratio of enrollment. Um, which we don't meet, um, but just based. I mean, when you when when institutions have football, that usually kind of throws everything out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um, that's nothing against the football team. I don't believe in in achieving uh, Title IX or equity by cutting a men's sport. I think you know you do it by addition of of, of adding the opportunities. <clears throat> excuse me for women. So for me, it's about finding out what it, that interest level is, and so. Um, yeah, and that's where admissions is, is coming into play. And I've talked to um, the director about that and, or, or VP or assistant VP. And, and so I'm looking forward to those results and, and certainly a progression of what that looks like and what the trend is over the next several years to ensure that we are adding the, the right sport. Mm-hmm. 
But everybody seems to be, in my experience, be on board with uh, athletics as, as part of the experience here at WestCon, too. It's not like it's a uh, uh, something we don't pay attention to mm-hmm. at all or don't get support from, right, right? from the yeah, president on down. Absolutely. We, we feel very supported. And, and um, I think one of the things that I really want to do is, is you know, as a new athletic director here, is make sure that, it, that a- athletics is not a... Um, extracurricular, it's co-curricular, mm. and and I really want the faculty to be involved. I want the staff to be involved. I want the administration to be involved. And but I also want them to understand that um, economics does come first. I do view it as co-curricular. They do learn values and, and leadership and and all the things that you would want in a, an employee when they walk out of these doors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. There are larger lessons to be learned within athletics. It's not all about the wins um, or the losses, for that matter, but it is um, an educational component that uh, that we try to pride ourselves in. So within yeah. within our department, especially uh, juggling their time, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> they have to yeah. study and yeah. practice. And yeah, stuff. yeah, and and you know we also we also reach out to the community. We do a lot of community service on mm-hmm. campus. Um, uh, not only on campus, but within the community. So there are there are a lot of demands on our students, and um, you know they they really really enjoy um, reaching out to the community, whether it's working with children or the elderly or um, um, homeless shelter or whatever the case is. It, it's it's an opportunity for them just to give back to to the community that has treated them so well. And they get good grades too. They do. They do. Uh, um, probably our. Uh, probably our last national award was our women's basketball. We mm-hmm. placed in the top uh, top ten. We were ranked number nine in the um, WBCA uh, academic role, which is you know our goal is always to be in the top twenty five. Uh, and and for the first time, we cracked it and cracked it at number nine. So mm-hmm. um, kudos to to not only the coaching staff but certainly um, the students for for being a student first. Yeah. So you mentioned football, isn't there? Uh... <laughs> Uh, isn't it true that uh, everybody focuses outside athletics, focuses on football, mm-hmm. and the coaches, other coaches of other teams, get jealous of football? Our coach is a great guy, Joe Loff. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you He's know, fantastic. You can't yeah. complain about him and his approach. But mm-hmm. uh, football in general, they're at the top, and everybody's trying to topple them, right? Mm-hmm. In general, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I was asked that question when I when I was being interviewed here, and. Um, and I really, I really mean when I when I say, whether you are um, tennis, whether you're basketball, whether you're football, uh, swimming, it doesn't matter what sport you are. Um, the expectations are still the same. Um, I tried to keep everybody on that even playing level. Um, if Joe doesn't turn in his his paperwork, I'm gonna be like Joe, where's your paperwork? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? um, it, it's not done for him. The expectation is is that. Um, and, and the expectation within the department uh, of regarding civility within the department uh, of the student-athletes themselves. Um, football uh, student-athletes are not treated any differently, and I want to make sure that um, a football student-athlete uh, has the same exact experience as a tennis player. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to be present at all the games, at all the matches or swim meets, or I want to be visible because I don't want them to be like, well, you are out of football. Well, Yes. Um, part of it is game management. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone asked me, well, how the game go? I'm like, honestly, I'm not even sure. I mean, I know we won, because, <laughs> but I mean, I'm in game management mode. Um, but, the, but the reality is, is, is that whether you're a student athlete or your staff, um, 
I want to make sure that um, each one of my coaches, each one of our student athletes has the same respect across the board. Mm -hmm. How did you get, let's talk about you a little bit. How did you, uh, (laughs) how did athletics become your career? You know, I, I, I'm not really sure. I just hmm. kind of um, fell into my lap a little bit. Um, I was always athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a you know three sport athlete in high school. Um, you know, went to college, played Division two um, women's lacrosse, mm-hmm. um, and then I, w- I was going into cardiac rehab right away um, at East Strasburg. I got into the graduate program because I was pre med undergrad, and. I don't know. I just got burnt out, and a week before, <laughs> oh yeah, I know. A week before I was supposed to report, um, I had told my parents, oh, "I'm putting it on hold for a year. I'm going out to Kenyon College to do a, an internship." It was just to kind of get away, clear my head before I um, went back to school because mm-hmm. schooling was very important to my parents. And so, um, so I went out to Kenyon College, and. I was there for a few weeks, and the head coach took another coaching position for volleyball. So I was a volleyball basketball um, intern. And a week before the season started, it was like, okay, Laura, you're going to be the head coach. Now, I had two students that were older than me. Uh, now I'm coaching. so, um, But I was the head coach, and I recruited, and, and you know, I was thrown into the fire. They hired a basketball coach. I was her assistant. So, and I realized wow, I don't know if I can give this give this up. And so I went from cardiac rehab at East Strasburg to sport and rec management. Um, I did go to school but right after, and I did my uh, master's within a year. So um, at that point, probably at Kennedy College, I knew that I wanted to go into athletics. Mm-hmm. Um, I always liked administration. I didn't think it would come as quickly as it did because um, right out of graduate school, 23 years old mm. and huh, I went to Macon uh, Macon Georgia at Wesleyan College small um, liberal arts school and their athletic director um, when I was hired I was hired as the volleyball basketball head coach and I said you know can I have also the title of assistant athletic director they said absolutely that's fine I, I didn't even ask for any more money I didn't know how to negotiate at the yep. time that's how young <laughs> I was um, and so the the athletic director fell ill, took a, a leave, and they named me interim athletic director. At 23. At 23. It gets better. <laughs> and then um, in that same December, um, I was named athletic director. So I was still, I was named athletic director. I think I was the, I still think I, yeah, I was the youngest athletic director in the nation at the age of 23. Wow. And yeah, I don't recommend that for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, I, it was a trial by fire. I mean, absolutely. But they allowed me to make the, the mistakes. Fortunately, none that, you know, created any eligibility issues or any, you know, catastrophic ones, certainly. But um, it, was, it was a good opportunity and to grow in, into, the, into the position. And so, um, so yeah, that's, I mean, I just kind of, kind of, I, I did not think that that was going to be my path coming mm-hmm. out of undergrad. And, and so, but can you kind of change that and, um, then from there, I went to Pip Bradford for 17 years, and now I'm here. So, <laughs> so funny how that works. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And so the administration part, uh, which you enjoy, that involves working with these coaches who mm-hmm. are all strong-willed and have opinions, <laughs> and you know. absolutely do. They do. <laughs> um, the, but I also think it's about being authentic, and I think it's about you know 
me being a leader that allows them the freedom to um, be who they are as a coach, but also kind of row in the same direction. And um, hopefully I'm slowly doing that and, and they understand where we are going and what we're trying to do, both both from an strictly an athletic department, but also from the university perspective, mm-hmm. because we are one piece of a whole piece. And, and so for them to understand uh, why we're adding the sports, why we're adding some some um, additional opportunities in some of our other sports. And um, I think it's 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 an uh, an opportunity for me to to lead in such a way that um, gives them the autonomy, but at the same time be cohesive in in in, in our vision. Um, and obviously, I think that becomes um, better when, you know, I, when I first came in here, and I'm still working on it, like the branding and our identity and our our markings and our colors and our, all of our all of that stuff, you know, that is still kind of pending, mm-hmm. um, to to have them a part of that process and um, in various groups to to make sure that we um, are all a part of this and and we're all we're all in this together. So, um, yeah, I think for me. <clears throat> um, they they are strong willed and they will always ask and I have a tendency to say no. <laughs> Doesn't prevent them from asking, which is always good. You know, I, I like coaches that'll fight for the program, mm-hmm. um, but it's up to me to kind of balance their 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 needs versus wants. And and um, I think they ultimately might not like the answer, but I think you know when they, when everything is said and done, um, their students are treated well. They're they're um, happy, healthy. They're getting great education and um, and I'm consistent. And I'm consistent, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's softball, whether it's uh, swimming, tennis, doesn't matter. You know, as long as I'm consistent with my um, leadership, I, th- I think that's that's an important part of yeah. what I do. And they must see you represent them uh, with the rest of the university, too, uh, and um, make, uh, you know, raise the profile, I think. Sure. Well, I hope so. Um, you know, when you have great support um, from Dr. Butts and Dr. Clark and um, all of upper administration that is that is a uh, um, very helpful and beneficial mm-hmm. I think for athletics but I don't want it to be um, I don't want to lose sight of the academic side because that's what they're here for mm-hmm. <laughs> again it gets it goes back to that philosophy and I, I again I want it to be integrated and um, so I enjoy reaching out to the faculty and I hope to do that a little bit more than I've done so far in my first year but um, ultimately it is um, you know when you have the support it's it's a it's a little easier to be higher profile and um, when you have success both in the classroom and on on the playing surface it's also a little easier to be you don't want to be you don't want to be in the papers for bad things. Right. <laughs> That's right. So uh, in this, uh, we're in the Me Too era now. Yeah. So and there are more female uh, athletic directors out there than there were I don't know ten or fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. but uh, you know it's not fifty fifty. No, no, it isn't. So how is it being a woman athletic director? You know, um, I think if you were to ask me this a, a few years ago, and, and I think fortunately my conference is predominantly women, mm. which is which is interesting. Mm. My commissioner is a woman, um, and of the uh, nine, and I'm including Castle Tunes coming in, of the nine institutions, six are women, mm. which is really, uh, it's unheard of. Yeah. Um, but definitely, you know, even here I've, got, I've walked into a room, into a meeting, um, and it's all men. It's all men, mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
you, you try to assert yourself in such a way, there's that fine line, you know, um, in which women are perceived uh, if they're strong-willed. Um, so you need to walk that line, and but be assertive but respectful. And I think um, I learned along the way, which I'm still learning, it's, it's certainly a process because I do like that instant gratification and I want to be heard. But um, sometimes if you speak less, um, and, but when you speak, you're, you've something good to say and something worthwhile for someone to listen to. I think that is an important lesson to try to take away. I'm still working on that because, you know, patience is not my virtue half the time. <laughs> but uh, I do try to be respectful of, of my surroundings and of everybody's opinion, whether it's male or female. And I learned at a young age that uh, um, you just try to take it one step, step at a time and, and try not to let and if you really want something, you just go for it. And yes, athletic directorship it early on kind of fell into my lap. Um, but I also took advantage of that opportunity and, and made it to what it is today. Yeah. And, you know, I try to uh, be respectful of other people and listen and et cetera, and not hog the conversation. But um, that's... Uh, Something that's more expected, isn't it, of a mm-hmm. woman in the room than of the guys in the room? Yeah, um, I, I think you know, go, growing—I don't say growing up, but certainly growing up within the athletic director world—it it is male-dominated, and they will dominate a, a conversation. And um, sometimes I have to be a little more assertive than I would like. Um, but at the same time, if I'm representing a particular uh, committee or uh, department or conference or whatever it is, whatever it is I'm representing at the time, um, I need to make sure their voices are heard as well. And um, that's what I'm, I, I don't want to say paid to do, but certainly that is expected of me. And so I want to represent them well. So I will make sure that their voices are heard um, around the larger table. It makes you a better administrator, I think. But uh, to have that uh, in your mind, um, the other thing is a lot of administrators, academic administrators, were athletes at least at some level too, so they think they know how to do your job, right? <laughs> they, I, there are a lot of backseat drivers, um, but, you know, that's that's just a part of it. You know, whether you're dealing with parents or faculty mm. or staff or other students or thinking they should play, uh, you know, um, it is it, it can be difficult, but mm. um, at the end of the day, um, it is about the having a positive experience and... Um, you know, we only have so many spots I can play somebody on a field and or swim at a particular time during a meet. Um, but um, I think I think if you're open and honest, not only as a coach, but as an administrator um, with playing time or, or with parents, you know, um, I had my first meeting. The summer was my first meeting with um, incoming parents. If I if I don't get them necessarily um, on the tours prior to their recruitment, I always say there are things I don't talk about. I don't talk about medical because of HIPAA. I don't talk uh, I don't talk academics unless they sign a lovely little form, um, and I don't talk about playing time. Those are three things I will listen to you. I have an open door policy, um, but there are three things I just won't talk to you about. And and because I trust my coaches, I trust that they um, know their program, know their personnel um, to put the best team out there to to represent um, Westcon in a, in a positive way. And um, yeah, and yeah, ultimately to win. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I won't talk to <laughs> I won't talk to parents about it. So yeah, no, that would just be a unending hole that you get into. Oh yeah, yeah. 
parents still seem to share, which is great. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I just listen and say thank you, you know. Yeah. Um, so you are, uh, we'll diverge from WestCon a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just heard that you are a big Philadelphia uh, Eagles <laughs> fan. I am, diehard. Well, not even just Eagles. I'm a Philadelphia fan across mm-hmm. the board. So whether it's the Phillies or Eagles, um, yeah, it doesn't matter. I've taken my lumps over over the years, especially living in, in this area. Yeah. Um, yeah, either I'm supposed to be a Giants fan or I'm supposed to be a New England fan, and I'm neither. I'm uh-huh. an absolutely diehard Philly fan. So, uh, so um, I'm wishing them all the best as they head to uh, to Minnesota here in the, in the next few weeks. Are you one of those Phillies, uh, Philadelphia fans who sit in the stands and spit at the opposing team? No, I don't know. Oh no, I don't think. Yeah, oh no, there are probably more than a few. Um, uh, when you have to grease the light poles because you're afraid that the uh, the, the fans are going to destroy things, yeah. um, which they did. Uh, but, uh, you know, no, I, I think, you know, it goes back to the whole respecting the game, respecting the opponent, respecting the atmosphere. Um, respecting the opponent's play is, is, is a really big thing for me. Um, so uh, although I can get a little crazy watching the game, mm-hmm. um, no, I, I always think, you know, but the bottom line, it's a game. And there's, there's a bigger lesson uh, out there um, after the game. So, um, and life to be lived. So, right. um, you know, unfortunately, when uh, things get out of control, um, lives are destroyed, whether you're arrested or whether lives are lost, it's, it's, it's not worth it. It's a game yeah. at the end. But, yes, Philly people are quite passionate about their their sports um, in, in, in down there. So, yeah. Uh, then that's okay. Mm-hmm. Just put put it in perspective. Right. So uh, when you, how do you respect Joe Loth, the football coach, who's a big Cleveland Browns and uh, Cleveland Indians fan? Well, I, I try not to rub it in. That's the first thing. Um, no, you know, uh, we, we talk football quite a bit, and and um, it's, you know, Philadelphia wasn't a couple of years ago. We were, you know. Um, when you're picking early on in the draft, you know you did not have a good year. Right. <laughs> so, um, although he has had um, quite a few early picks over the last few years, uh, um, no, it's uh, um, we were supposed to maybe be 500 this year, and we're going mm. to the Super Bowl. So, um, anything can happen on any given year, and, and that's that's kind of the, the same take that we you know um, have within our department. Whether you've uh, won a championship, or or and you need to stay at the top, and and if you're clawing yourself out of the basement, you know you need to take it one step at a time and and be productive, and yeah. it's all about the experience ultimately. So, but yeah, no, the the chit chat within the department's always fun. Uh, you can talk to Joe about how the Cleveland baseball team choked in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I can, I can, but I have no room to talk, so I have to be a little careful because Phillies aren't very good. <laughs> Find that for the next couple of years. Yeah, so. that's right. So what do you want to see with West Con's athletic program from here on out? Um, where do you see it going? You know, um, I think consistently, you know, one, two. I think when you have um, Keene and Eastern and uh, – I mean, our conference is a really tough conference from top to bottom, which mm-hmm. is a really good thing. It challenges you. Um, but I, I would like consistency, you know, and, and I would like us to be f- – Feared, I guess is the best way. To, I don't mm. know if that's the best word, but certainly when we walk in, uh, I want us to have a particular um, confidence uh, about ourselves, about our program, and um, as opposed to wondering if we're going to win, I want us to know that we're walking out here with a win. And if we don't, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you left everything out on that on that playing surface, I'm okay with that. 
but I also want us to be consistently one or two within the conference and um, if not get the AQ, at least have the opportunity for an at-large um, within a really strong conference. So um, that's my goal, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it certainly takes some time doing that. You know, and, and you know, when uh, you're adding different sports, it's kind of hard to, to mentor some of the, the current coaches. Um, so, cause you're focusing so much on one, um, you know, but it's all about balancing that time and, and making time for your current staff and your current students. And um, actually, that's, that's probably the best part of my job is not pushing the paper, but certainly interacting with the students and, mm-hmm. and with, the, with my coaches, grabbing a cup of coffee and just going in their office and just talking. Um, you learn a lot that way. Yeah. Not necessarily around in a staff meeting. It's, it's about, hey, how, how's the family? How's you know, everything okay? And you know, just, just normal, everyday stuff. Right. Well, we're glad you're here. Congratulations on a successful <laughs> first you. year and Thank the exciting times uh, in the last year and looking forward to. Yeah, I'm very excited about uh, um, being here and, and certainly the future of Westcon Athletics. Great. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, so Barbara Viegas is here. She's the Student Relations Vice President for the Student Government Association. And if you're a regular listener, you know Barbara comes in every week and talks about upcoming events that students and the community can do. As it happens, I couldn't uh, be here last week, so this is the first time since the winter break started that Barbara and I are together in the same podcast. And um, you might have heard that last week, Barbara was basically uh, decided to kick me off the podcast. Do you remember that, Barbara? It's fun solo. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to have you back, Paul. Oh, thank you. (laughs) What did you mean when you said, uh, Paul's not here today, so I'm taking over? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and Pete later wrote me a note saying, Barbara just did her segment for next week's pod, and it went very well. I think you may be out of a job. So you both are conspiring against me. Yeah, we'll talk later. Okay. (laughs) I'm sticking around. (laughs) So what do you got for us today? We have a lot of events coming up. So like a ridiculous amount. Hmm. But I'll start with PAC. Uh, So PAC is having a movie night, of course, always. They do excellent movies. Get Out is playing February 2nd at 8 p.m. in the Science Building, 125. Um, their movie nights are always awesome. I don't know if you ever go to them. I don't know if you've seen Get Out, but it's really crazy. Um, it's like a psychological thriller, kind of. Yeah. But yeah, very worth it. Uh, they also have Stuff a Plush, <laughs> which is like plush toys that you can like stuff and stuff like that. <laughs> stuff the plush toys. Uh, Wednesday, February 7th, um, and they're free. So they do a lot of like little. Um, things like that. Is there a lot of interest in plush toys here on campus? I mean, I feel like it's a comfort thing. Yeah. Uh, it's usually fun, like Build-A-Bear, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually, I've done one like my, with my god, um, god kids and that kind of thing. It's actually pretty cool. And they have like little pictures of like a monkey and a bear and stuff like that. So they look kind of cute. So yeah. it's in uh, the West Side Campus Center at 7.30 p.m. When is that? What day? February 7th. Oh, okay. So it's uh, the Westside Campus Center at 7.30 and then the Midtown Student Center lobby at 12.30. So it's twice in one day. Wow. Pretty cool. Um, and then they're also hosting a pack trip to the Boston Celtics versus the New York Knicks game. Um, it's on the 24th of February. Um, and the bus leaves Midtown at 4 p.m. and Westside at 4.30. Um, the tickets are on sale on the 7th and the students are $30 and guests are 85 Mm. 
Um, so that's pretty exciting if you like basketball. Uh, it's in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they're having like a lot of like Valentine's Day related things. So love is in the air. <laughs> it's a week of Valentine's Day themed events for PAC. So on the 12th of February, obviously these are all in February. So the 12th at 8 p.m., there's Dave Ahdut. It's a dating game. I feel like, so we talked about this yesterday, like some of the PAC members and I, because we have a committee meeting. And I'm pretty sure that's speed dating. Like I'm uh, not, I'm not positive, but I'm almost, I'm pretty positive almost <laughs> that it's speed dating. <laughs> um, so if you can't get a normal date, you go to this. And yeah, it's actually it pretty works. cool. And SGA, we haven't decided anything yet because we're still in the works. We just had our first, at least student relations just had their first meeting or my first meeting yesterday. But we're thinking about possibly doing a spot on that Thursday. So this happens on the 12th. And then the Thursday, the 15th, after Valentine's Day, we were thinking of doing like um, like a singles night. Because <laughs> like everyone, idea. it's like, because the following day, I'm pretty sure it's Singles Awareness Day. <laughs> it is? <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like we were thinking of doing like an anti, <laughs> like uh, Valentine's Day kind of theme mm-hmm. um, on the Thursday night. And it's like, I think Sebastian Orlana, like the, the PAC president said, like either it's called like, bring a date or find a date. <laughs> so if you find a date on your like speed dating, you can bring them to the spot. Right. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, and then uh, on the 13th at 9 p.m., there's Matt Schuller, and apparently he was on The Voice. Hmm. So that's cool. Um, the 14th, Valentine's Day, it's a snack on pack at 11 a.m. Um, obviously, like all these events are kind of I'm kind of just like naming them, but if you want more information, just go to PAC's Instagram because we have a lot of events to go through today, so I can't yeah. explain every single one. Good but, idea. Yeah. So uh, on the 14th again at 8 p.m., the Western Wiz, uh, and then the 15th on the Thursday is Bingo at 6 p.m. And that's always uh, busy, right? A it's lot of always awesome. They always have at least $1,000 in prizes, and it's like it's so widely attended. It's really cool. Uh, and then the 15th at 8 p.m., there's La La Land. The movie. Um, yeah, so the dating game again, February 12th. And then there's some stuff that Rec is doing. So Rec is doing a lot of different things today. I wanted to actually go through their schedule um, because I haven't done that in the past, but it's like they have a lot of like obviously like Zumba, yoga, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I wanted, they just, um, they put out like their schedule. So starting this Monday, well, today, <laughs> or. Um, <laughs> So on Mondays, uh, there's yoga with Michelle at 7 to 8. Um, on Tuesday, there's Body Blast with Christina, 5 to 6, and Zumba with Cam at 7 to 8. And then Body Sculpting on Wednesday, Body Sculpting with Sierra, 12 to 1, Cardio Kickboxing with Christina, 5 to 6, Yoga with Michelle, 7 to 8, and then Zumba with Cam, 8 to 9. Are those all in the uh, Midtown campus? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Um, yeah, I think so. I'm all, I, like, I think, you know how, like, when you're, I'm so positive that it is, but I don't want to, like, <laughs> it's not written here, but I couldn't, I don't think, I, don't, yeah. I can't think of another, another place. If you show up it. and they're not there, go to Westside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just come yell at me. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Thursday, there's yoga with Shauna, three to four. Friday, beginner fitness with Cam, one to two. And this one's in the Midtown Colonial Fitness Zone. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, so they're all there. There's no reason not to okay, be yeah. out of shape. Okay, yeah. All of those I just said was in the Midtown Colonial Fitness Zone. And then on West Side, hmm. let's see, <laughs> there's Friday, Body Sculpting with Sierra, 12 to 1. And Saturday, Zumba with Cam, 11 to eleven a.m. to 12 p.m. And Yoga with Michelle, 12 to 1. 
So, so body sculpting is like uh, getting mus- your muscles in shape or something? Yeah, or? so I haven't done body sculpting like with rec, but I've done it with like other like gyms and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, so it's like lifting and that kind of thing, but it's not like heavy lifting. It's like hmm. not too much weight, but enough to like sculpt and stuff like that. So it's not, it's like toning kind of thing. So it's like fake exercise. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I just say. It's like an easy exercise. I mean, but it's really not easy depending on the, the like trainer that you have because it could seem easy at first and then after like an hour in, like you're dying. So mm. those were the ones I'd always go to and I'd always like just was not okay. Um, okay, so what uh, rec also has pool hours, obviously, and I haven't mentioned those. Um, they're Monday through Thursday, 8.30 to 10.30 p.m. and then Sunday from 7 to 10 so that's if you cool. want to swim and it's, I think that's awesome like one thing that I notice a lot about like western and a lot of like college campuses is that you don't really need like a gym membership anymore or like a YMCA membership right. like you have a pool if you if you have a pool on campus we do luckily and like we have a gym I mean we don't have a huge gym on this campus uh, what my midtown but on west side we have a pretty good gym mm-hmm. and that kind of thing so I mean yeah yeah and colonial it. fitness zone is pretty good right it's better than it was a year ago anyway yeah. or two years ago definitely so yeah tuition dollars <laughs> count to something mm-hmm. count for something um okay west Conrec also has uh, <clears throat> on february 9th free skate at the danbury ice arena 10 30 p.m to 12 30 a.m and then the shuttles will stop there and everything and there's free, free pizza wow so that's pretty cool can you just go for pizza and not skate think so yeah. i would totally do that yeah me too <laughs> she's like yeah i'm gonna skate yep, yep. oh i just got off the ice you didn't see me <laughs> it's like four pizzas anyway um and then also westcon uh intramural events we have uh for spring 2018 there's february so there's five on five basketball and it's a five week regular season and single elimination playoffs the season begins february 13th and registration begins um, or it's until February 9th. Um, and the games are played Sundays, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., Tuesdays, 8.30 to 9.30 at the, in the Berkshire gym. Uh, there's also dodgeball, a one-day double elimination co-ed dodgeball tournament. So you just, you know, <laughs> register with a team and everything. It's co-ed, so you can, all your friends can come along. It's Saturday, February 24th, and you register until February 23rd, which is a Friday. And it's 2 p.m. in the Berkshire gym. And that's supposed to be fun? I've actually, I don't think I've ever played dodgeball other than like high school. Like mm. I've, they've had, they've had like dodgeball tournaments so many times and I've always thought about it, but I've never done it. And I feel like it's so fun. Yeah. Just Especially, take off your glasses, right? Yeah. Just put in my contacts, pull up my hair, <laughs> take off my earrings. Yeah. <laughs> the whole rundown. Um, so there's also wiffle ball. <laughs> it's a four week regular season and playoffs. Uh, with co-ed wiffle ball league um it's april 5th you sign up until march 30th and the games are played wednesday nights 8 30 and 9 30 at the west side rec field yeah that sounds like fun yeah no injuries yeah i've never played wiffle ball before so well neither have i all right maybe we'll be on a team yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll go sign up and then spike ball tournament this actually i've never played spike ball but i've seen people play it and it looks so fun um, it's oh, a one-day yeah. spike ball tournament, two versus two, obviously. And then it's Sunday, April 8th, and you register until April 6th, and the start time is 2 p.m. on the Westside Recreational Field. 
It is fun. I have played that. It's, you have? Uh, yeah, it's good exercise too. Yeah, I've seen people play it and it looks like so, it looks easy and then you you actually, I guess, I guess you play it and it's so mm-hmm. hard. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's really fun to watch. Okay, and obviously this week is Rush Week with Greek Life and they mm-hmm. have like so many things going on. Every sorority and fraternity are having different things for Rush. But, um, so Meet the Greeks was actually yesterday. It was 11 to 3, but Formal Rush was also yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> read the wrong one okay get, get to ready know, for next year get to know greek row that's what i meant is on the 22nd so if you missed everything from yesterday i'm sure they're still accepting people if not like you can come after me but i'm pretty sure like you know they're always it's a whole rush week so right. for some reason if you couldn't make it i'm sure they'll accept you to like come to their other events but get to know greek row is on the 22nd 8 30 p.m to 10 p.m in the midtown student center room 201 so this is just like all Greek life will have this, but um, if you go on any of the um, individual sorority and fraternity Instagrams, they all have like their full schedules now. And so I can read some of them off. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do all of them obviously, cause there's just so many, but um, so Delta Gamma Phi has um, on January 30th today, Get Jolly DIY Sugar Scrubs. And then Wednesday they have the 31st, thankful for our philanthropy, kindness rocks for Anne's place. So it's kind of like small things like this that um, they'll, it'll kind of like bring the new members together, like the people that are rushing to mm-hmm. see if they'll come in to see how they like work with um, like the other members and like if they mesh and all of that. So um, Rush Week is obviously super important because our Greek community is such a huge thing on campus. And so it's growing and growing and it's really cool. So if you're interested in Greek life, um, definitely go to their like rush weeks, go to, if you're not sure which sorority to go to, like go to a few of their events, make your decision and stuff. And then hopefully you'll become, you know, a member of Greek life. And are you in a sorority? I'm not actually. So we don't do our Westcon sororities and fraternities don't make eat raw eggs or, um, you know, yeah. drink a bottle <laughs> of rum or anything during rush week, right? Yeah. There's no hazing. So oh, good. we're a hazing free campus. Good. I feel like everyone should be. Um, okay, and then the last few things that I have is Sodexo is now serving gluten-free options. Wow. So for all of you, you who don't know, there's waffles at the grill and raviolis at Pomodoro's. Pom- Pom- I don't ever know how to say that. Pomodoro's. It's like the, <laughs> in Westside, there's like one of the little kiosks. Um, Westside Dining. So you can get waffles and raviolis that are gluten-free. And how do you make a gl- gluten-free ravioli? Uh, is... What do you put in it? Isn't cheese have gluten in it? I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Actually, no. That has... Wait. That's like lactose. I Dairy, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like people that are like... Wow, I'm so ignorant. I have no idea. <laughs> but, we'll report um, back next week. Yeah, I'll report back next week. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're certified gluten-free options. That's great. So, yeah. Um, and then the Midtown Coffee House on Thursday, February 4th. First, it's called Manifestation, and it's an art gallery. Hmm. It's 7 p.m. in the Student Center Colonial Corner on, obviously, Midtown Campus. There's complimentary food and beverages. And so, is there, isn't that a coffee house is about music, right? Or poetry and music? Yeah, usually it's like open mic. So it hmm. says, an art gallery depicting anxiety through photography opens at 7 p.m. Open mic sign-up starts at 7.30. Open mic kicks off at 8 p.m. And featured performer Savvy Soul will follow. And so the art uh, show is anxiety through photography? Yeah. 
It seems pretty cool. Some mm. of the pictures are on their um, Instagram, and they, they look really cool. It's like black and white with a girl or something. Um, so open mic will consist of unfiltered emotion through song, spoken words, storytelling, and comedic effect with experience about experiences with anxiety. So. Okay. Yeah. Seems pretty cool. I mean, we all experience anxiety. That's right. So, and yeah, we should are... make fun of it. <laughs> yeah. right, laugh at it. Yeah. Very much so. Um, so those are all the events I have for this week. There's obviously so many more SGAs. Um, I think I already talked about it last time when you weren't here. Mm-hmm. But um, we're creating a calendar so uh, for SGA. So that'll be out shortly. And then I'll have like everything for SGA. But nothing set in Sony. Election season is coming up. Hmm. Um, but you Are know. you running again? Yes, I will be running oh, again. Yeah, I have one more year. So I haven't decided exactly like who I'm running with or what I'm running for, but I'll definitely be running for an executive board position again. So I don't know if I can promote myself, but oh yes, you can. Barbara. You can. <laughs> yeah, we'll so. have a whole campaign, and you'll still keep doing the podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, if I'm reelected. <laughs> yeah. So it's a big deal, to. guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vote Vegas. <laughs> Yeah, like even though you didn't support me last week, I'll support you this week. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you were uh, promised Pete that you'd tell him when Westfest is this semester. Oh yeah, okay. So Westfest is the last week of April. Hmm. Yeah, okay. it's the whole week. So you did look it up. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> I promise. I know my dates. <laughs> Campaigning. <laughs> Campaigning uh, one. No, all right. That's a good uh, calendar, Barbara. And we'll uh, do it again next week, right? Yep. All right. Thank you. Thank you. See you later. Bye.